Unless you are in the arena fighting a fight with me, you have no control over my opinion. This is the Unfulfilled Podcast. All right, Sean, this morning we're going to be talking about decision making and how we do it. So going to kind of hop right in and tell me a little bit about how you make decisions now. And I know it's a big topic to kind of digest, but I guess maybe pick a point out. But if I were to ask you how you make a, I guess, a business decision to start with, is that the same as a personal mm-hmm. decision? Is it different? What does it look like for you? Yeah, I think that's a that's a good question. Um, I think in in how that's evolved for me is um, the, the the decision between business and personal. I think it has a lot to do with the same. I, I I'm a big fan of that initial gut feeling. Uh, not for every decision, but I do think that it holds a lot of water. I don't know if you've if you read the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. I have. Okay. And that's something I I read probably, I don't know, probably a decade ago, something like that. And it's always stuck with me. And I always felt like if it's, a, I, I make a lot of decisions with people, right? Obviously, I, I think most people do. But, you know, the ability to, to read the situation and develop that gut feeling or intuition on whether it's the right decision or not, what, for me, whether that's onboarding the right person, whether that's making the right decision with, with someone's you know, money uh, on the family side, making a decision on, you know, for the kids or, or Christine and I making something, a decision together. I rely heavily on that initial intuition um, because I feel like I'm able to digest or qualify a situation uh, rather quickly. I wouldn't say that's for every decision, of course, but I would say for most decisions on a day-to-day basis, um, quick, quick decisions based on intuition and gut, um, from experience, right? From all the experience that I've had in making decisions. So talk to me about when, you know, make a quick decision. It's a feeling, you know, obviously kind of overlaying that with some experience. Mm-hmm. What happens when it has the wrong outcome or a, a different outcome that you wanted? Do you, do you take time to reflect? Do you just go on to the next decision? Because obviously we're bombarded with with yeah. hundreds and thousands of decisions a day and millions of stimuli. So I guess when do you ever sit back and reflect and improve upon that process or do you just ignore it and move on and you know brush no yeah no no definitely reflection um i don't dwell right i don't sit there and and you know take a whole hour for it of course but if there's a there's a a decision that's made and i own it and essentially you know on the lines of extreme ownership essentially in business in my business um i own every decision i am and a quick reflection, uh, talking to the people what the decision was, you know, made with or next to and, and picking out, you know, the pinpoints or maybe we could have done something different here or there. Uh, the reality of it is, um, I'd, get, I'd like to get your take on this, is a lot of our day-to-day decisions when it comes to the big rocks, and we talked about this, are somewhat irrelevant, meaning if I do make a decision and it is not the right decision, if I know it's not detrimental to the big rocks, essentially to the, to my business, to my family, to whatever decisions may be made around, um, I think you have to digest it as a, as a learning opportunity, learn from it and move forward because guess what? There's going to be a lot, uh, a lot of decisions 
uh, ahead of you that you can't sit and dwell on. So do you feel the same in that you learn from your decisions if, you know, if, if, even if they're wrong? Yeah, I premise that a lot of them, although the moments seem extremely important, for the big rocks aren't really that important. Yeah, and it's... I've had a very interesting kind of thought process around decision-making, especially lately, let's call it like the last, you know, six months to a year. So it's, it's radically changed and I feel like I don't have as, as natural of a response, you know, um, because I, I've, I've been analyzing it so much, uh, and, which could be good, could be bad, right? I, I like it for the fact that uh, I'm every decision I make now you, to a point I almost go back and I kind of see if that fits that that model that uh you know or frame I believe I make decisions in if it's optimal or not and so I agree with you on the point of I try I've learned not to try to make the decisions that move the big boulders right and it's it's I've never been that way either there's certain things I make very slow decisions on or have to take forever right something that's right. out of my wheelhouse decorating a room I will take weeks and I will take <laughs> dozens of hours to pick through things. And that's, it's um, this individual Scott Belsky gotcha. wrote yes. a book, Messy in the Middle, talks about the difference between maximizers and uh, sufficers. Um, and maximizers are one they, they want, they need to know that they didn't make the wrong decision. So they take much longer, right? And they're usually mm -hmm. less happy with their decision because they look through every single painting available um, even though they found 30 that they like, um, whereas a, a satisficer will say, oh, I like this one. Okay, let's buy it. And they're happier because they know mm -hmm. there's not a wider universe, stuff like that. But mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. getting back to kind of the, the boulder, and it's funny, um, there's a model that talks about boulders and pebbles too, is I believe in business, because whether it's I didn't enjoy making a plan, is I, I never made a business plan for any of the businesses, right? And it, it wasn't heavy capital, heavy, just resource intensive. So it was easier, right? I, and you didn't have to present it for investment. But it's funny because the same thing there is I try to split any big problem or big decision into many little ones. And now, especially now, I'm working with a lot of people, team, and in, even in life, to do that, right? They, you know, it could be something like, hey, we need a project management software. I go, well, that's not the problem, right? Or that's not the problem you need to solve. If if you can't within the course of three days come out and say, yes, I did something that I feel good about, it's too big, mm -hmm. you know? And so <laughs> you, you have to break it down into smaller decisions, if not only for your mental state of mind, because I just believe as humans, we aren't made to if you're making you know hey i have to okay I, i'm buying a home and i decide today this is the home i'm buying i mean we're made to adapt and if you stick to that and then it's going to take you six months to get there I mean, you could change as a person and then the decision you made doesn't actually match you know what you actually want and what's going to make you happy now let me ask is this have you been dealing with a lot of big big item decisions because i feel like you know, on big item decisions or big rocks, as you said, you, you chop them up and, and potentially chop them up in different, um, you know, ways to digest and answer, I guess, your question or your thought or your mindset around decision making. Have you been dealing with bigger rock issues or some of the some of the you know day to day stuff? Because I guess let me 
let me say this, the intuition, the quick decision, the gut feeling I feel on a day-to-day decision-making is where I, where I stand, right? That's where I live yeah. on bigger rock items uh, that, like I said, maybe they are more, could be more detrimental or big, bigger decisions. There's definitely some more thought that goes into uh, than a quick intuition uh, decision. Yeah, well, that's they're presented to me a lot. Um, the circles of just individuals, whether they be in in work in life, that I surround myself with, usually aren't. They might present them, but they're usually external people, clients, you know, people I don't mm-hmm. know, presenting them. And so I live in my own happy little world of relatively small decision making. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because that's how that's how I train train myself. That's how people around me like we all gravitate towards each other. And so um, I do get the experience, though, a lot to like you're saying, I would, you know, I wouldn't call as much. It is a gut, but it's usually a problem or a decision arises. And the fastest way to solve it is I get whoever I need to, if it's just myself, but let's say it's more than one people person, I get them into a room and it it starts and ends with a discussion um, because I'm noticing a lot of these decisions that need to be made. Again, they're moving the needle for the big stuff. And so that's where it might be something, oh my gosh, how do we get from you know, no people to 30 people in this department? Well, mm-hmm. I, I, I might see that and I might know that's an end goal, but I ignore it because I literally say, okay, what are the, what are the decisions I have to make along this route? And it could be something as little as, Okay, who is the single most valuable person? Okay, let me write a little blurb about what I would like this person to do and how to interact with the team. And that's where it starts. And then fast forward 150 decisions, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, well, we don't have 30 people in this department. We have 22 and it's running perfectly fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you bring up a good point there, and it's, it was on my mind when you initially asked the question. Um, Tell me your thoughts on your ability to delegate decisions. So we're talking about individual decisions. Um, tell me about delegation. You run, you run with a team. You work with a lot of people. And tell me about your delegation skills. What is that like? Are you a fan of it? Is it a necessity? Uh, has it been developed? Just let's go there. Yeah, uh, great question. Probably one of the final things I've been holding on to in terms of that's the hardest to relinquish control and absolutely and i i'd like to say i have a good personality to do it um because it's a very trusting personality and so i i make others make a lot of decisions and sometimes i do it because or i i do it maybe haphazardly i say okay i i think you're ready uh go ahead, you're going to control mm-hmm. this process now. And then all of a sudden, you know, fast forward a month or two and all these little problems pop up and I go, ooh, it's, you know, the wrong decisions were being made or, you know, they weren't being optimized or fixed as we went along. So again, and that bears the question, it was my fault that I didn't maintain and I, I threw this person in the ring. Um, sure. but that, that's yeah. kind of how it's, I do it a lot. There's certain decisions, of course, that I, I hold dear of I haven't been able to figure out how to relinquish control because I just don't maybe trust someone enough 
to make those decisions that has that experience. So there are some that I would love, again, I would love to give up as many decision making possibilities you know, as I could, it's just, it's almost when you finally find that person or that connection and you can then relinquish that control that you feel safe. But how, who is going to make you feel safe is really the question, right? That's why, you know, some owners go into businesses or even mm -hmm. personal, like they just, they never relinquish control. And they always say, well, because I haven't found that person yet. Well, it's like maybe, maybe the person was there. It's just you that's the problem now. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's a big thing, and especially when uh, a business is is your baby, and you've you've raised and grown that thing, and it's hard to to let go of it. Um, you know, I I guess I found through you know through working and meeting people that delegation is one of the hardest things to do, especially when it comes to an entrepreneur and business owner. But how empowering and and, and just powerful it is for the business to do. Uh, I think there's a certain point where in order to grow on multiple facets of whether it's to grow the business, grow as a person, help others grow, the delegation skills I think are extremely important. It's something that, um, you know, I don't, you, you have many, many, many more people that you, uh, I guess, oversee and lead. Um, for me in my little world, it's, it's really only one <laughs> and then, uh, and then my clients, but, you know, delegating, a lot to my, you know, to my partner, um, is, has been a game changer on my end. And that took a lot, uh, relinquishing control of some of the decision-making. Um, I had to, I had to trust her and, uh, it takes time, but what that does is it opens up capacity, opens up time for me to spend on bigger rocks and they're more important items. So we have definitely different uh, business structures, there's no doubt about it. But you know, in the in the world of decision making, I think delegation has to be up there dramatically. That improves your ability to to decision make. I feel like. Yeah. No. Definitely. And would you say, I guess, where would you put yourself on a scale of decision making abilities, uh, like one to ten? Novice being one, expert decision maker being ten. Where are you at, or where do you think you're at? You know, I feel like uh, just off the top of my mind, I fall in that six, seven, um, you know, by no means an expert. Uh, I don't know, you know, if you're putting some of the best business owners, the, you know, the Bezos, the Buffets, the, the you know, decision makers mm -hmm. uh, being at a 10, of course, I'm not a 10, um, but you know, I say a six, seven, I really do feel like I'm able to make quick decisions. And if I reflect on my track record on decision making throughout my career and life, um, I'd, I'm, I'd be pretty happy about those decisions. So I definitely have a, a, a solid foundation. I guess the beauty of, of us talking and our uh, mindset of unfulfillment is obviously I know there's more. And that's the beauty of what we're doing here is picking your brain on it and understanding, you know, how you digest decision-making because there's room to get to a seven and eight and a nine. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a neat thing. What, Do you think you get better at decision-making or have you been getting better over the years? hundred percent. Yes. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, that comes from, you know, making more decisions and frankly, making bigger decisions. And I'm telling you, I'm going to go back to it. 
uh, yeah, I think there is an ability, of course, to improve your decision making. I think a lot of it has to do with experience, too. So to your first, you know, the original question of, you know, if something goes wrong and a decision isn't made correctly, what do you do? I think the beauty of making a decision in the first place is you're going to learn from it anyway, you know, either way. It's, a, it's an action item that you'll learn from and therefore you become a bit better decision maker um, and you're always growing. That's the beauty of it. So yeah. uh, without doubt, through delegation and learning from experience, uh, I've completely improved my, my decision-making process. And I think some of the things we've been touching upon is it's identifying what really are bigger rocks and what are pebbles. You, when you sit there and spend 15 minutes on a, on a pebble, you think it's a big rock, and then reflection, you're like, oh, my gosh, it was, it was kind of irrelevant. Um, you learn very quickly, and you learn to prioritize your decisions. Yeah, and I think there's a self-awareness to decision-making, too, because the way I made decisions 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it, I lacked self-awareness. I lacked awareness of a lot of other things, and it just it has radically changed the way I make decisions. And, and one of the things I've been thinking about a lot, pro probably too much, is I... I feel, yeah, and I kind of, you know, the same answering the same question I asked of decision making, I feel for me is getting better over time. And by better, I mean, I'm making decisions that not just benefit myself or get me where I want to go, but benefit others. And so that's how I kind of view, mm -hmm. you know, which I never viewed it as before. You say, okay, you know, did you make a good decision or not, right? Did you make that decision? Did you make money or did you lose money? Or did you get, mm -hmm. you know, did you go on that date or did you not? Um, mm -hmm. I don't view, I no longer view decision making, like making a good decision as it's almost holistic. It's looking at the entire picture and, one of the weird ways I've been obsessing over decision-making is I call, and, and Blink kind of alludes to it, even, you know, Tim Ferriss and the idea of stoicism. I'm realizing I never knew any of these concepts before. Obviously, I don't, you know, there's tons of people that think like this. Um, but I, I call them right now decision paths or like a spider web. So for the longest time, I would make a decision by, and it would have to be like... <laughs> I guess I belittle it down to, if, you know, if somebody asks me, where do you want to go for dinner? I also do this. I can't like just necessarily turn it on or turn it off. I'm trying to learn now how to do that because um, this decision path, you know, the spider webbing concept is I almost, it's a mix of, I, th I think I hear a problem or a decision that needs to be made. And immediately I start risk rewarding as many paths of progress towards making a decision as I possibly can. So what I mean by that is when I'm presented with a problem or a decision, my mind starts going crazy of it might think of in the course of a couple seconds, 10 different potential answers or ways to make the decision. And mm -hmm. then it almost assigns a risk reward profile to each of them. And it assigns it by what variables are in play, right? So let's take it personal. Okay. So let's say there's a moment where, you know, somebody is outside, like maybe a you know, friend, family, but, you know, someone is outside your immediate connection of you and your girlfriend, you and your spouse, whatever it may be. And okay. there's, there's, there's drama going in, right? I even apply that to this of, I look to see 
what I should do based on who the players are, what their histories, how I know them, and what the least risky path is going to be for everyone. And so that even that drives me to maybe be, be above it and look mm-hmm. from the top down. But that also drives how I respond because then instead of maybe an emotional manner, which most people might act in, I go, okay, well, this is coming at us, right? We, we didn't actually do anything to provoke it. So this is the mentality. This is this, the decision I will hold so that it's this person's job to figure out what they actually think, what they believe, if they want to pass judgment, like all these kinds of stuff. That's not my problem. And so that's where it's, it's kind of like I remove myself from the, the situation because that's the best versus, let's say, I did something to provoke. Well, one of the decisions mm-hmm. may mean I have to show that I, I have feelings, that I am empathetic and sympathetic and that what I did hurt. And so I'll actually go get in the moment and say, hey, I have to show vulnerability to this person because my portion of what I did, like, it, it came at them. So, again, might sound convoluted because I might be, like, personalizing a little bit too much, but it's whenever a decision, I'm presented with a decision, my mind goes crazy. I call it, like, and that's why I call it decision pathing. Like, mm-hmm. and it gets, I feel like I get better and better over time because I have more information to act upon, and I learn just naturally from bad decisions I had made. I then rule out, be like, okay, I was probably factoring or weighting that factor a little too much. Right. But, and, and and so it's this weird thing that goes on in my mind that, and that's why I liken it to even like the case of like stoicism or what he's talking about in Blink and like thin slicing and stuff like that. And there was another book. I can I could not find it. I was Googling the weirdest stuff to try to find it. Um, <laughs> no results came up, but it was talking about, and it might have been Blink or Malcolm Gladwell, but it, I remember one of the stories was a pilot. What what makes some pilots crash and others not? And amongst mm. many other stories, but the whole purpose was it's because you take your mind down that road to almost pseudo experience it that then you are better equipped to handle the outcome when it comes about, right? So, mm-hmm. and that's what I you know I I. In my mind, that's how I take decision making. If I if I say, okay, it's raining outside today, and like I'm driving, right? And I'm I'm probably mm-hmm. weird like this, but let's say I'm driving my car and it's again it's raining. I am factoring in in my mind. I go, okay, how much rain is it? How is it raining now? How are other cars driving? Is it cold? You know, what's the temperature? Is there likely to be ice or slush? And I I make decisions based then on how I drive upon all those factors, but then I prepare myself because I say, hmm, it's 37 degrees, it's raining, I'm not going to be surprised if there's ice, and I'm not going to be surprised if there's ice on bridgeways or things like that, and so when it happens, I, and that's where people go like, how did you know, or how did you, like, how were you able to react so well in the situation? I'm like, because I already thought it was going to happen to me. Well, here's the key, here's the key. All these, so when your examples there are about driving, about maybe the pilot, about uh, removing yourself from the situation, you know, with the with the, the drama, the personal situation, all that processing in your mind, that's happened happening very quickly, is it not? Yeah, and that's that's why I'm trying to think about it a bit more. I mean, it's happening sometimes in seconds, and I'm not realizing right. I'm doing it. 
Right, right, and because it's so natural. To, so it's it, it, like you said, you're almost having this uh, almost out of body experience watching yourself process this. You're it's slow motion, right? You're seeing everything happen in slow motion. When in reality, everything you're describing here is happening within seconds, if not, you know, no more than a minute. And I think that is to the point that I feel like when I say intuition or gut feeling, the amount of processing that we do so quickly on a daily basis with all the decisions coming your way. Um, you know, a gut feeling takes 10, 15 seconds and think about how much you can digest within that and then come out with a very educated and informed decision. I think that's the beauty of it. I think that that's, I think that's very strong and it's very important. I think it's powerful as a leader and someone as an entrepreneur growing a business to be able to dissect that quickly and move forward. So it seems like it's happening in a blink of an eye when in reality there's a lot that goes on behind it. Yeah, and I mean, would you say, I guess my question to you is, do you have that same experience? And maybe you think about it differently, but do decisions, like, do they spiderweb in your mind? Do you think and yeah. prepare yourself for things yeah. before they happen? Yeah, definitely. And I think what I find myself uh, doing more, um, you know, maybe it's it's the empathetic side of me, but when I'm making decisions, to your point, sometimes it's... it's Everything has evolved, right? And where, uh, you know, maybe early on from a business standpoint, you're making decisions for yourself, right? I guess. And then as it evolves and as you, as your, your why changes, as your, as your drive changes, you really start to put, to think about, think about others and think about how that evolves. And so my decision processing and, and slicing it up has a lot to do with how does what the, the, what I would call human capital, right? So, how that impacts and how that spider webs other people, whether it is that personal decision or the business decision. Um, I think, like you said, for example, you know, something as simple as picking some, a restaurant to eat, right? <laughs> That's that, in my, in my, I'm my, the worst at that, man. <laughs> well, so yeah, and the reality of it is it's like this. And how I digest it is like, honestly, I don't care. I want to eat and I want to just get together and talk. But the reality is when someone asks that, then I think, well, what do they want? Do they yeah. want Mexican or American? Do they want, you know what I mean? And so my, I think at a, to a fault, sometimes I overthink the situation because frankly, I, I, I want to, I want others to be happy and I want, you know, I want that to, uh, to resonate well. So I think my decision making more so than ever always has to do with, well, what does the other person feel about it? Uh, not in a way where, um, uh, um, let me, how would I word this? Not in a way where my decisions are uh, mapped out because of others' opinions, more so because I, you know, on some this small decisions, I just want that other person to be happy, right? Like for it to yeah. make sense for them. I don't want it to be inconvenient for them at a certain place or certain time. Um, I just want it all to work out. So does that, does that make sense? Am I saying that the correct way? No, that the, I think you're exactly right. Cause I catch myself the, the worst or most conflicted situations I find myself in when making a decision is when, when I put too much of a weight or I try to be too intro or insightful into someone else's feelings. Right. And that's, it happens mostly with meals. It's, you know, it's cause you're trying to say, well, how did they say, you know, you know, do they seem hang angry? What did we, what did they eat yesterday? Are they, you know, and that's where I, I wait all those and it confounds me. Cause I go, Oh, I don't know. You, you choose. Well, and they're doing the same. And it doesn't help. Me. 
it doesn't help that all of that communication happens via text and you can't even read the language or body language or a tone of voice either. Right. So a lot of that decision making is happening via text. So that doesn't, that doesn't help. I would say for business decisions, you know, digesting an email, yeah, that's, I think it alludes to that, right? When you get an email from a client or, or, or a, uh, 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 an employee, right? Trying to read that. So I always think taking in a decision when it comes to people and emotions, uh, this is an obvious statement, but you have to take it off the text or the email and you have a conversation as humans to really get a sense of where they're coming from. Because I find it powerful in decision-making with people really asking the foundation of where the question's coming from or where the concern's coming from, right? So they'll, because most people don't want to go there, I'd allude to the, the why behind it, right? Well, well, why are you feeling that? Why, why, why is this coming up? And they'll they'll peel back the onion a little bit, and uh, and you get a lot more, which helps with decision making, right? Yeah. So let me ask you this: You've got a decision. You've got you've got two routes to go. So decision path one makes you a hundred percent happy. Decision path two makes someone else a hundred percent happy. Which way do you go? <clears throat> I'm not sure if there's paths that uh, that that that. Have- Actually happens, um, man. Um, I'd say more so than not. Uh, and again, I think I would say it really depends on big rock, small rock. But um, you know, I I tilt more towards the happiness of others uh, because I'd like to say that I'm pretty darn happy. Yeah. Um, I hate to break it down. It's like one of those questions. You know, there's caveats to it. It's hard to give a straight answer there um, because. As much as we want to be selfless human beings, we are also very selfish. Um, that's a great question. I don't have a good answer for that. I'd say I would tilt towards the happiness of others um, because in most decisions, um, I think that ripple effect from a karma standpoint, from impact and legacy, that's gonna that goes further. And I'd like to say that you know my level of um, of happiness is, is is pretty darn high. Um, yeah. I, would, I would throw that back at you. What about you? I think What's your I, that I asked it knowing that my answer right now was the decision path that makes me happy. And okay. I think I choose that only because in my mind it was, again, the, the sayings of, you know, you can't make anyone else happy if you're not happy yourself. And like you said, there's, there's other factors, but I'd like to believe at my state if I'm making a decision that makes me happy it's hopefully somehow getting out out to them but again i would i would selfishly right now in the moment you know and it sounds bad but the reality of the situation is different right you know because i run into a lot of individuals that they'll make decisions for someone else solely based on someone else and it's the complete wrong decision and they don't realize until you know way later that wow i was never happy in the first place and so i know again we're throwing some kind of different scenarios at it, but I, I'm going to go the opposite way. Just, you know, blanket statement. I'm going to say, you know, not knowing the situation, anything like that, I'm going to make the decision that makes me happy. Call me selfish, but that's, no. I'm going that route. Um, no. And I think there's, there's layers of that. That's for sure. I, I don't think that's, that's selfish. I think that's, well, I think that's human nature and I think that's our, our natural mindset. And I think, I think you make a good point, which is, you know, you, you can't make others happy unless you're happy. I mean, 
then then it's going another layer which is let's define happiness right like how can you truly define you think people are happy on a surface right right and so um it's a, it's a good question i think that's a it's a, it's a that'd be a never ending ending answer i think obviously if you get more granular it makes more sense on certain decisions of course um but yeah i i truly do think that though tony i feel like you know i think if people really knew how happy i really am with everything that decision of you know making others happy and again it goes to perspective on life which we've 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 attempted to talk about yeah <laughs> but sometimes talking about perspective doesn't always work out we'll have to do that but at the end of the day i'm telling you when you're 104 and passing away the legacy that you leave on others i in my mind and maybe not for everyone in my mind is what what it's all about and to me spreading that happiness that ripple effect um i think it's extremely powerful it's part of the reason i love having these discussions and recording them and putting them out and whomever chooses to listen can listen if they some way shape or form get something from this conversation about decision making that then impacts their lives and makes them be able to you know be a better decision maker right like yeah. that right there that ripple effect is absolutely amazing and so Yes, in certain situations, I think people choose the selfish part of it. But I think at the end of the day, I can confidently say that that ripple effect of legacy from positive impact really drives a lot of my decision making. No, I agree. I agree. And leave me with the thought of what is the most important aspect, whether you already do it or have yet to do it, I guess the most important actionable item in decision making, right? What's the one takeaway, mm -hmm. one piece of advice if you were to say, hey, Tony, you know, for me, this has been profound. You should make sure you integrate, if you already don't, this into your decision making process. I think my answer is, is it, it's a really quick thought and it popped in. It was obvious to me. And it's very simple. It's actually making a quick decision. Actually make the decision and then learn from it, right? That is so powerful because you become a better decision maker and you'll be able to make decisions quicker and pivot quicker because you've actually made the decision. So I'd empower people to, to make that quick decision. And if it's wrong, embrace it because it's, it's not life-threatening or business-threatening, right? And learn from it because then the next time you make that decision, you'll be better. I'll throw that back at you. What's one takeaway from decision-making, one thing that you have embraced and you do in your day-to-day that's been powerful for you. Yeah, I, I would say simplify it until you can get to that point that you were just mentioning, right? Getting it to the gut thing of, you know, too many people focus on the boulder and not enough on the, the pebble to get there. And there are people that can make decisions that account for the boulder, right? And that's that's the aspiration. But when you can't, getting it down, breaking it down into decisions that you can then in the moment just go, ah, yep, this is my gut feeling on this, and then just do that consecutively, right? So I think it builds off of your point of getting it to, to where it's not taxing on your mind. It's not creating a lot of, you know, emotional and, you know, energy drain. Uh, and so that's breaking things apart from the boulders into the pebbles until you can get, until you can take larger and larger chunks out with your decision-making process. I like it. It sounds like there's a lot of overlap and thought there and there. I think there's something to that. So uh, as always, my friend, I appreciate it until next time.
All right. Talk to you later. See you, Tony.